Hey fellow wanderer, Sylvia here, and I'd like to welcome you to October's episode of Lunar Wanderings. I created this space to talk about soul inquiry through cosmic magic, which was initially through the language of moon phases, but I've since broadened my horizon with deeper inquiries into astrology as a whole. So my joy is to share this language with you in the hope that it will spark something in you to help you reconnect and realign with your vision for your creative life. Some of you may know that a bicycle accident earlier this year left me with a countless amount of hours to wander. I rediscovered my love for the magic and awe of the universe and through the cosmic language of astrology I've started to weave new stories for myself about myself and I'm reconnecting with my natural gifts with my innate magic I'm giving myself time and space to get curious about things that truly bring me joy and enrich my life I've also started to pay more attention to the synchronicities in my life and noticing the signs that life is placing on my path. I've started to tune in and truly lean into trusting my inner knowing. It is ultimately what has led me to my vision of a slow creative life. So my only hope is that these wanderings will Create space for you to realign with your vision for this life. It was during a recent journaling session that it dawned on me that my mission in this life, and even though I use the word mission, um, basically just for the lack of a better word, I'm still trying to find this mission is to explore and expand my inner world this idea of being and showing up as my whole self and to share the knowledge and wisdom gained through my own journey with you to nudge you towards your wholeness to help you reconnect and realign with your vision for this life in the midst of it um I was nudged by the curiosity to explore the etymology of the word mission and that's a habit that one of my teachers has reignited in me. So on a whim I looked up where it derives from and it appears that its origin is from the 1590s when it translated as an act of sending dispatching, releasing. Originally that relates to an agent, an agent who was sent abroad on a mission. It then took on a religious undertone in the 1600s and by 1805 it seems to have taken on a meaning in the sense that I use it, one's mission in life. And in quotes, that for which a person or thing is destined. 
And when we look at destiny, the word intent shows up. So maybe that's, that's what I'm referring to. My intent, my intention, your intent and your intention. So let's rephrase it, shall we? <laughs> By the way, this is my mind creating it as we're going along. So my intention in this life is to explore and expand my inner world. The idea of being and showing up as my whole self and to share the knowledge and wisdom gained through my own journey with you, to nudge you towards your wholeness, to help you reconnect and realign with your intention for this life. I think I like the sound of that. What do you think? Anyway, coming back to my train of thought, right now at this point in time, you may be like me, allowing the old stories to determine your life story. You may have no idea what your vision or intention for this life is. Or you may not have ever thought about it because daily life demands other things from you. Or you may have a vision or an intention, but you have no idea how to start living according to it, to start walking down that path that could take you there. And that's okay too. That stuff does not happen overnight. It is not a linear journey like we're taught. More often, it is taking one step forward and two back. But the secret is to know how you can reconnect to it, how you can realign yourself with that vision, to ground yourself in your intention and make it a practice so that when things do happen and you feel like you're not moving anywhere, you can bring yourself back to it. You can reconnect with it. And we'll be talking about these things as we embark on this journey together. I will also be talking to you about various tools that help me on this path of accepting myself in all my wholeness. I use my own self-inquiry, my own soul growth, astrology, the live sky or the cosmic magic as I like to call it, and Yi Jing and tarot. And it is through the creative expression of the written word, through these cosmic interpretations and the inquiries, through my intuition, my inner knowing, that I've come to slowly accept myself and to embrace her with all her wholeness, especially the imperfections, because those two are part of the story. And mostly I do it to bring myself home to my wholeness. But there is this deep desire in me to also do it for the people who struggle to connect with their wholeness, who struggle with old wounds and the stories they tell us, who struggle to connect and align with their pace in this life, who struggle to find their place in this world, who escape the deep self-inquiry through various avenues, who find that it is easier to numb the pain or run from it. And to those of you 
I hear you and I see you because I am you. I'm the girl who runs from confrontation, whether her own or others. I'm the girl who numbs her pain with food, with procrastination, with social media scrolling, with self-hatred, with self-denial. And no matter how much I have told myself that I've accepted my whole self throughout my wellness journey, it has recently been highlighted through my own inner inquiry that it is not so, that I have barely scratched the surface. And the more I lean into this newfound language of cosmic magic and these tools at my disposal, the more sense my life seems to be making to me. And the key here is to know what it means to you because no one else is living your life. That language really speaks to my soul. It allows me to connect to something bigger than myself. It's like this nourishing self for these old wounds that have been festering for a long time. Moving forward, I want to talk to you about how we can utilize this cosmic magic, the moon phases and our natal chart as a way to pin down what we were sent on this earth for, on how we want to live our lives and create magic for this world and how our magic can serve the world and can serve us and our community. You can expect me to start talking more about my own experience of seeking meaning in my life and how getting to know my birth chart has changed everything, <laughs> how it has brought so much clarity, so much acceptance, so much healing and compassion. It has given me permission to dig deeper into what brings me joy and what I want to spend more time on. It has clarified a few things. It has helped me highlight my gifts and strengths, but also start accepting the areas where I tend to struggle and find ways to use them for growth. It has allowed me to tap into how I'm meant to serve the world and to own it, and to name it through my natal chart and my contemplations, and ultimately not to not be afraid to claim it and share it with you, and how I'm starting to take steps towards owning that role and showing up in the world as my whole self. So today, <laughs> I want to send us off on that journey and I want to send us off by quoting Glennon Doyle. She says, writing isn't about showing off, it's about showing ourselves. I'd like to add to this that any form of creativity is about showing ourselves. In fact, anything that we do out in the world is about showing ourselves. For example, these lunar wanderings are about showing myself. And that is something that has 
never really been easy for me. But at the same time, I've had this niggle to serve, to empower, to make a difference for a very long while. And in a way, I've always known that I was sent here to do something bigger than myself. In fact, I've spent pretty much my entire first 38 years trying to figure out what that something is. And the way I see it, it literally took a broken bone to finally see it and to feel it and to start naming it and most importantly, to start living into it with courage and committing to it wholeheartedly. And commitment is another issue I'm sure we will be talking about as that is a massive one for me personally. I got a taste for this empowerment through service that I mentioned through my wellness business. But I know now in hindsight and hindsight is sweet <laughs> that it was not the right avenue i believe that everything in this less in everything in this life is a lesson as long as we are open to see it and feel into it and life is not trying to make a victim of us this is where open mindedness comes into play I talked about being more like water in my previous episode, allowing life to flow more and to stop resisting what needs to come through. Water is like that. A friend of mine actually wrote a beautiful piece on being more like water a little while ago, and I will I will put the um, link in the show notes for you to go and read at your own time. And you may have just heard Nick's <laughs> sneeze in the background. Um, the joys of, um, yeah, the joys of real life. <laughs> anyway, when I gave up on my wellness business last October, that niggle to be of service persisted, but I was held back by my own old stories of not having any qualifications. The academic in me will always seek qualifications. Hell, I even looked into life coaching courses um, October last year, but something in me said, no, that is not the way. Life knew that something else was in store for me. And I truly believe, and I see it now, that the cosmic magic was what I was missing. It was the missing link. It was the lived experience and allowing cosmic magic to heal myself. That is the qualification in the tr traditional sense of the word. Lived experience matters too. As long as we know why we're truly doing it, why we're so eager and ready to own that role, that title, that's all that matters. There is no one way to your dreams. There's only your way. I know that now, but 
I didn't used to. If you've been on this journey with me for a little while, you'll know that we also need to pay attention to the signs that life gives us. Here's an example of a sign that I recently received. I celebrated my birthday recently and I received this birthday card from a family member. It was a card with astrological connotations. Now, this person would have no idea that I've been diving deep into astrology, yet there it was. And I could not help but laugh at the divine synchronicity that life was giving me. It is little signs like that, when we pay attention to them, that deepen our inner knowing, that allow us to lean into our nudges and trust the path that we're on. Because when we claim it, we emit an energy that lets the universe know that we're serious, that we mean business, that we're that we are fully committed to this path in front of us. Granted, we can let these signs pass us by. We can choose to not read into them too much. We can put them down as some kind of a cosmic joke. And in the past I would have, but I know now that everything is interconnected, that we are all interconnected to each other and to something bigger than us our universe, the cosmos, the celestial bodies that exist out there. And through our natal chart, they also exist within us. But honestly, you don't really need to know your natal chart to feel connected to it. All it takes is an open and observant mind to notice the world around you. And that is what cosmic magic is about. It's about the belief, the inner knowing, the trust within oneself and the path you are on. Feeling connected to life, to this planet, to the space out there that is surrounding us. It is when we connect, or in my own case, reconnect to this magic and all, that we start to live a life that is truly ours. And be okay with who we are and what we have. I do believe that we are the embodiment of the celestial energies that were present when we were born. Robert Powell talks about this idea of stars sowing seeds upon the earth. We are these seeds. And since we are the seeds of cosmic magic, we inherit the magic of stars. We emit this magic onto earth and onto each other as a sort of a remembering, reminding each other of our own innate magic. As Alice Sparkley Cat has written, and I quote here, the meaning of the sky comes directly from us. You are the thing that animates heaven. In that case, astrology, I find, is the language that allows us that. But I also feel like I need to re-emphasize that one does not need a soul to find that magic within. 
it is but one form of many languages that help us to be the storyteller of our lives. Just like some would resonate with religion, others with a form of philosophy, some with human design, and others find their own language through which they tell their life stories. Astrology, to me, is a tool that helps me balance my analytical mind and my intuitive self. It is a language through which I embrace my whole self. It helps me make meaning out of the chaos of life. It helps me make sense of my experience here on Earth. And more often than not, I use it as a retrospective tool that allows me to learn and grow. And I'm sure I'll be sharing a lot of those aha moments with you as we journey together. And I can't wait to share how you can start to utilize this tool for your own aha moments. Today, as we're embarking on this journey together, I'd like to share with you how I reconnected with my joys in the first place and a few practical tips on how you can start to reconnect with yours. The first thing that we can do is go back to our childhood to get curious about things that used to bring us joy as children. Quest questions such as, what did you like to do? What did you spend time on? What could you get lost in for hours? Who were you before the world told you who to be? Another quote from Lennon Doyle here. Ask that. I was a dreamer, a lunar wanderer, a stargazer, a passionate music lover, an avid reader, a hopeless romantic. Somewhere along the way, I lost touch of that side of me. But little by little, I'm finding her again and giving her permission to explore and to be and to dream. I was curious about everything. I loved nature. I lived for the changing of the seasons, especially spring and autumn. The emerging hepatica buds, the migrating birds returning, collecting of conkers and leaves that I'd forget in between books and find years later. I loved drawing and painting and knitting and crocheting. I loved the written word, both in essay forms and poetry, both reading and writing. I loved growing things from seeds. I'd have countless failed attempts of trying to grow a lemon tree out of a seed, yet none survived. Slowly the demands of life got to me and I got separated from most of my joys. I realized this year, especially after leaving social media, that time is so precious, especially time being spent on things that bring us joy. A big part of leaving social media was reclaiming that time for things that truly bring me joy. I've also realized that you don't have to choose one specific thing. You can have multiple joys and passions. 
I was taught to pick a career path and for most of my adult life I would struggle to find that one thing. Instead I've dabbled in so many different things and I'd feel shame about not being able to commit to one thing and making a career out of it. But I've realized that may not be the path for me, that maybe I am here to merely follow my joy and that it changes from season to season and that's okay. And as soon as I realized it, I've had the courage to walk that path and embrace my passions for what they are and to not be afraid to allow one lie dormant while I'm exploring another one because I know they are all cyclical. I always come back around to the things that bring me joy. And right now, that joy is linked to the skies and astrology. That desire to live a life on my terms lives deep within me. I suppose it always has, but I was too afraid to admit it, especially out loud. Who was I to dream of a life that I really want to live? Who was I to dare to build something on my own? The language of astrology has helped me claim it. It has helped me hone in on what I truly value in life and courageously step off the beaten path and make my own. Ultimately, I believe that is what we are here for making our own path, however that may look like for you. Overall, this period right now feels like a big deja vu, <laughs> except that I am further ahead than I was at the same time last year. I have a website, a blog, a podcast, clarity in my mission and the path ahead clarity around what I want in terms of my own life, but also the impact I want to make. But above all else, I have this inner knowing, I have this vision, I have this reconnection with the world around me. And yet I know I am still at the very beginning of that journey. Just thinking about it a year ago, all of it was just a little soft whisper. All these little nudges and niggles I had last year, I have a lot more confidence in them, in myself, in my mission. And honestly, the word mission doesn't quite feel right. It is more of a temple. And I'm referencing my astrology teacher in reference to Virgo and Nesta here. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about... Um, Virgo in the future. But for now, I want to highlight the cyclical rhythm of life, of growth. If we look at time in a linear way, we may think that we've not achieved anything. But when we look at things in cycles, we start to see the journey that is unfolding. It is so easy to be hard on yourself and to talk down on yourself but when you focus on little steps from cycle to cycle they all start to add up 
and in a year's time or two years time you look back and it feels like a massive leap and that's where journaling has played a big part for me personally more often I don't even really know what I'm writing words just sort of stream out of me but when I read back on them things emerge and my truth emerges and progress emerges and therefore I'm so grateful for this habit of journaling especially this past year journaling can really help you start to connect the dots to see the patterns to hone in on what you want out of this life to build the courage to go out there and claim it it can help us build our self-awareness and reconnect us to our inner wisdom to our inner knowing and funnily enough astrology has been that permission slip that I've always looked for to accept my wholeness but also to find clarity in what I'm here to give to the world and how and looking back on last year's journals I can see my path crossing with this cosmic magic I just didn't realize it was astrology at the time and that is exactly the dots that I'm referring to journals can start to reveal our innermost self our deepest desires no matter how courageous or outrageous they may seem or sound a journal can be our door into that life that is truly ours this past year has led me to my vision of a slow creative life that in a way combines everything I mentioned earlier when talking about my childhood joys and what got me started was the habit of journaling combined with the cyclical nature of the moon so ultimately my manifesto for my slow creative life emerged out of the endless pages of words that just flooded out of me phrases such as a life lived with intention a life lived embodying your values embracing stillness and contemplation time well spent in solitude embracing the magic of mundanity following your joy allowing curiosity to lead you reconnection to nature to your own wildness embracing vulnerability trusting your inner nudges allowing your inner nudges to guide you seeking simplicity letting go and surrendering to the flow surrendering to your innate pace and releasing the need for comparison goodness <laughs> this makes me think of all the endless comparing I'd grapple with when I was still using social media I'd get into these real bad downward spirals and I'd look at my own life and feel utterly depressed about it all because I had this idea of what success would be based on other people's highlights three months have passed since I left social media and honestly I felt more at peace with myself with my life 
honoring my pace and my temple. So my question to you is, and I'm repeating myself here, what were you like as a child? What did you enjoy doing? What did you get lost in for hours on end? What brought you joy? And how can you reconnect to it? In your wildest dreams, what is your vision for your life? During the Aretha Martis Chef episode, Chef Marco Pierre White talked about being a dreamer. But he also brought forward an important point about having dreams. And to paraphrase, a dream without a plan is just a dream. Dreaming without action only makes us dreamers. He talked about his dream to be a chef of a three Michelin star restaurant. And back then, no one had managed to do it here in the UK. As a 20-year-old at the time, people laughed at his dream. But he put his head down and worked hard. And at the age of 32, Marco became the first British chef to have three Michelin stars. He had a vision, a compass, and he knew exactly where he was going. On that note, I'd like to finish this episode by looking at the cosmic magic of the new lunar cycle for the month of October and the accompanying journal prompts that we can utilize for self-inquiry and soul growth to help us align with our vision for our creative life. And as a quick note, if you're new here, When I talk about these lunar energies, I am referencing directly what is happening in the live sky and correlating that to the two-dimensional astrological chart. And some of these phases may not reflect mainstream astrology, and that is because I follow the planets through their actual zodiacal constellations rather than the Western astrology, which is based on seasonal zodiacs, zodiacs, zodiacs. <laughs> and if any of that confuses you, um, my inbox is always open, so feel free to message me with any questions that you may have. All right, now let's look at the lunar energies of the main four phases of the moon, starting with the new moon which has now passed. It's 7th of October today um, as I'm recording this. So the new moon in Virgo actually happened on the 6th of October, but we're still in that new moon phase and the moon is still in Virgo. And the sun, the moon, the Mars and the retrograded Mercury during the actual... um, new moon phase we're all within eight degrees of each other in Virgo so the sun was in the fiery Leo the moon was in the watery Cancer the Mars was in the fiery I'm gonna recap here the sun was not in the fiery Leo the sun is the representation of the fiery Leo 
the moon is the watery cancer, the Mars is the fiery Aries and Mercury is the airy Gemini and the earthy Virgo. And these are themes of self-expression and creativity, self-nourishment, new beginnings and the need to communicate and discriminate. And as a side note, I don't know about you, but I've always felt that discrimination is this negative word. So again, I had to look it up and look up its etymology. And it actually derives from late Latin and was originally referred to as the making of distinction, the act of observing or making a difference. And apparently the negative connotation was first noted in 1866 in American English when it referenced race and color and that tends to be that tends to be the um, negative connotation that I'm familiar with as far as the word discrimination goes. So when we look at discrimination in its original meaning this new moon calls us to ask ourselves what is the part that we play in the collective and how do we show up as individuals and how can we build a community with shared values? What do we need to readjust, refine, refocus on both individually but also as a collective? And coming back to this point of Sun, Mars and Mercury being within 8 degrees of the Moon what this means is that these aspects tend to channel themselves through our emotions and our moods and their closeness makes them conjunct to each other which generally brings um, a unifying energy. So basically what this means is that all these planets are working together in unison they are all supporting each other. So the sun is our light, Mars is our drive, the moon is our intuition, and Mercury is our way of communicating. So how can we utilize these energies of this new moon? Well, we can tune in and see what it is that we truly want to spend our energy on and then utilize the Mercury retrograde to refine and refocus what it is that we want and to not be afraid to say it out loud. And this will all be emphasized by Virgo's natural ability to seek out refinement and practical solutions to problems. Virgo will just want to fix things, she'll want to serve. So maybe this new moon is here to nudge us towards our area of service. How will you serve yourself and your community? How do you want to serve yourself and your community? This new moon, which started around noon here in the UK on the 6th of October, is also bringing us mutable earth energy. Now mutable, astro astrologically speaking, 
is malleable, flexible, adaptable. And when we think of the earth as malleable, it tends to be wet and sticky. And it can either be wet clay, as my teacher Britton interprets it, or the image that comes to my mind is of wet sand. They both have the ability to create new forms. Wet clay can create ceramic dishes, for example, and wet sand can be used to build sandcastles, or even cement that is widely used. They're all derived from the earth. But when we combine the malleable earth with fire and air, it changes its characteristics. So sandcastle can get cracked, dishes can shatter, add too much water and they won't stick together. The conditions need to be just right for this new creation. So we find ourselves forever balancing all the elements, but also accepting that some imperfections are inevitable. So how can we realign and refine our presence in this world through this lens of acceptance. Now Virgo is ruled by the planet Mercury and I'm going to um, quote my teacher Britain here again and how she talks about Mercury and she says that Mercury Cause us to up-level our interpretations, to up-level our meaning-making. Now, currently, Mercury is in retrograde, which means moving backwards. But it's all just an optical illusion. Mercury isn't actually moving backwards. In reality, what retrograde means is that when a planet is overtaking, and because Mercury's orbit around the Sun only takes 88 days compared to Sun's 365 days, Mercury retrograde happens around three times during one calendar year. So basically, Mercury has overtaken the Sun in the orbit around the Earth. And because it is all just an illusion, we are called to recalibrate our vision. It is one of those long exhales that allow us to catch up and take a moment. And once the retrograde is over, it tends to last about three weeks and we're about a week and a half into it now. Once it is over, we can refocus ourselves and redirect ourselves for that next step, whatever that is. This Virgo new moon was accompanied by hexagram 48 in I Ching. And hexagram 48 is called the well, the gift of resourcefulness, our inner wisdom. Its shadow is inadequacy. Our minds can be beautiful and resourceful wells but they can also muddy the waters of our inner knowing, our inner well. They can be 
full of old stories that are not telling us the whole truth. And these stories may not even be our own, but rather someone else has told the story over and over until we adopted it for ourselves. So how can we clear out our well so that the stories we tell give life to to those that come to our well? What's hidden in the mud? What's holding you stuck in the mud? What aligned intention will help, will help you tap into your inner well? And as a side note, we will be getting this Virgo energy until early Friday when it will shift into Libra. Okay, I know this was a lot. <laughs> but I'd, um, I'd invite you to take what you need right now. And don't really worry about the rest. Now, I don't know which part resonated the most with you, but this new moon feels pretty significant to me. I tend to do a tarot reading for each phase, and this one allowed me to clarify a few bits and connect some dots that will allow me to move forward and I'm keen to see what emerges through the journal pages moving forward and what will unfold as the cycles continue and feel free to come back to it whenever you feel the need. Allow things to unravel at your own pace and if you're someone who does have a journaling practice but not in an astrological sense I have found that going back and tracing the movements in the sky and matching them with my journal entries uncannily seem to line up with my emotional state and that was one of the reasons why I decided to lean more into these celestial movements in general So moving on, the next moon that we'll have is the first quarter moon on 13th of October, which will be in the mutable, fiery, zodiacal constellation of Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the explorer. I see it as the Olympic torch that spreads the flame. It takes what it's gathered and spreads it far and wide. It is a mutable fire sign, which means it disperses and distributes energy. So when we look at the Olympic torch, it distributes its flame. It gives a part of it to a new flame. So ruled by Jupiter, Sagittarius calls us to expand and grow, to elevate and uplift. And conjunct to Pluto, which means Moon and Pluto will be in close proximity, Pluto is a planet that is referred to as 
giving us a sense of mission or as we established earlier we can reframe it as an intention but Pluto is also known for death and rebirth for regeneration but a lot of us are afraid to let things go because of the uncertainty it brings we don't know what will take its place and according to Richard Tarnas Pluto may be a source of inner and outer power struggles we're going back and forth weighing the pros and cons but sometimes we just gotta do it and we do go through with it what we often find is that the act of letting go brings powerful personal transformations this uh, first quarter moon Sagittarius will be opposite Gemini in an astrological chart uh, Gemini is known as the curious one so how can we combine these opposite energies and instead allow them to collaborate to our advantage I feel like this waxing moon will be calling us to get curious with our fire. Gemini wants to communicate and learn from others and Sagittarius wants to explore and expand its mind. So how can we meet each other to learn from each other, to broaden our horizons? During the waxing quarter the moon will be transiting through hexagon 54 which is called the ambition the marrying maiden with its shadow of greed and its gift of aspiration during this aligned creation this aligned movement phase how can we refine our ideas and views in a way that serve the world now, the shadow side of ambition can dig its claws into our ego and make our intentions selfish. So how can we tap into the abundance of this world and start letting go of the scarcity mindset? How can we make sure that the flame we do spread gives out warmth that helps others gather around and that does not burn them or destroy them what aligned movement will help you spread the flame we're here to share with others next up we have the full moon on the 20th of October which is speaking of zodiacal constellations occurring in Pisces but this one is towards the end of the zodiacal constellation of Pisces and even though it's still mutable water energy Pisces is always mutable water energy because of this idea of the universe being like a spiral this full moon calls in different energy this Pisces full moon will be transiting through hexagram 3 which is called the beginnings 
and according to the Book of Changes, the name of hexagon 3, Chun, C-H-U-N, is a reference to a blade of grass that's pushing against the obstacle of the earth as it emerges from the ground. Whilst the last Pisces full moon called us to go inward and seek our inner truth, this one is calling us to honour the difficulty of new beginnings. Our paths are never set in stone, even when we know where we want to get to. The journey there will not be as we often imagine. And this idea of a fixed destination is never truly what we envision. More often it is different, but we always receive what we truly need. Therefore, I feel like this Pisces full moon calls us to commit to our dream, to our vision, to our intention and to prepare ourselves for the journey ahead for there will most definitely be obstacles that will test our perseverance our sincerity our commitment during the full moon the moon will be in position to sun and mars since the sun and mars are really close together and as you remember the new moon was in conjunct to it, which means the new moon was um, where the sun and the Mars were. And when I first started to track the lunar cycles, I wasn't truly paying attention to its actual movement in the sky. But in the last couple of months, I've made a more conscious effort to actually pay attention to the moon's orbit in the physical world. So the new moon in nature means when the moon's orbit moves in between the earth and the sun and therefore we can't see it for a few days because it's basically swallowed up by the sun. Um, the full moon on the other hand means that the earth is now between the sun and the moon. And this also means that the moon and the sun will be in opposite zodiacal constellations, which means the sun is in Virgo and the full moon is in Pisces. And if you expected me to say sun in Libra, um, that is again referencing the seasonal zodiacs rather than the zodiacal constellations in the life sky. So we've got the elements of earth and water collaborating. Full moon is known as the harvest time, as time for celebration. And in the past I referred to it as the aligned reflection phase, but um, warming to the idea of the full moon phase being an aligned pause. And even though I talk about sun and moon being in opposition, to me it is more so a collaboration. You see, the moon reflects back the light of the sun. And Pisces is known as the dreamer. 
So the light that is being reflected back to us from the Virgo sun is very much about discernment, sifting through the lunar cycle thus far and seeing where you're at. So what would collaboration with this magical life feel like to you? What, what would it look like? What new beginnings are emerging from your quiet observations? And I don't know about you, but as I mentioned earlier, I love going back to old journal entries and seeing the shifts that have been happening over lunar cycles. And I find full moon is the perfect time for that. It calls us to harvest our fruits of labor. When I first started to align myself to these natural cycles, I often set intentions for each new moon. And my so-called mission was to live by it. And I would get frustrated with myself if I didn't make that intention happen for the rest of the lunar cycle. But I've since realized that there is no time scale for our journey. That the intentions we set during one new moon may require more time to blossom. That life doesn't always happen according to our timeline. That we need to loosen the reins a bit and allow ourselves to flow with life a bit more. I find it is more so about the awareness around intentions that matter more than to actually make them happen. Because when we cultivate that awareness, things start to align naturally. And that's why full moons are beautiful checking points. It calls us to see whether the intentions we set still hold up. Do they still align with our inner truth? Do they really matter? And if so, we can reflect and readjust. And lastly, the waning quarter moon, which will be on the 28th of October in the zodiacal constellation of Cancer. Cancer is a cardinal water energy, and cardinal signs, astrologically speaking, bring with them new and fresh energy. The waning quarter, on the other hand, calls us to surrender, to release, to rest. It is the final major phase before the moon disappears in between the earth and the sun again. And it is through the act of surrendering that we allow life to unfold as it's meant to. We no longer resist. We no longer hold on to that stagnant energy or push against our own will. Instead, we flow like water. And that's why I, I used to call this phase the aligned surrender phase. But I'm feeling into the aligned flow phase. What are you called to surrender to? What is keeping you stuck? What do you need more? What do you need to feel more whole in your body? What nourishment does your mind, body and soul need? These are perfect questions for the aligned flow phase. Moon will be opposite Saturn, which makes it a Cancer and Capricorn opposition. Cancer is very much about nourishment and what better moon to nourish oneself under than the waning moon 
nature's energy is waning and so are we called to go inward and rest. Saturn on the other hand loves boundaries. You could even claim that the ring around Saturn is its boundary. It says, here's where I draw the line between you and me. Whatever that line is for, obviously, whatever that you and me is. You and the world, you and the to-do list, you and your chatter. So when we look at the opposition of the moon and Saturn, how can we collaborate with these two? What boundaries do we need to put in place so that we can honor this waning energy and our inner energy? Personally, that is the hardest space for me as I am naturally someone who loves to keep busy and proactive and productive. I learned a great little trick from Maisie Hill from one of her latest newsletters. And she was talking about procrastination and the need to rest and how to know the difference. Her tip was to simply ask yourself questions. And one of the questions she brought up was, and I'm paraphrasing, if your friend invited you out right now, would you be up for it? If the answer was no, then you'd know that your body simply needs to rest. And if it was a yes, then you'd know you're just avoiding something. And I thought that was such a useful way to build better boundaries for oneself, especially around procrastination and rest, and how to tell the difference. And this reminds me of this collaboration between the Cancer Moon and the Capricorn Saturn. With this nurturing Cancer energy being in the waning quarter, the aligned surrender or flow phase, we're called to take care of ourselves, to listen to our own needs and nurture our being, to draw the line, to draw the circle. It is through the act of self-care that we get to show up in the world as our best selves. And maybe it is your self-care routine that you're being called to overhaul. How can you tune more into what your mind, body and soul need? Hexagram 31, which this waning moon transits through, is called influence or wooing. Carrie Hoon writes about the 31st hexagram as follows, in quotes, to observe and accept things as they really are, you are no longer defending anything. This will allow only the necessary to come forward to guide you. Moving away from the negativity of what you should and shouldn't do, you will attract by virtue of what you do. What are you wooing into your life? Are you resisting what needs to come through? What if you released any preconceived ideas and just let them flow? Are you resisting rest? Are you resisting stillness? Are you resisting simply being with your own self without any distractions? And yes, that also includes digital distractions as well as our own mind. So, <laughs> a quick recap. I feel like this lunar phase is about reorientation. 
both individually and collectively. And this makes sense seeing as we're getting deeper into autumn here in the northern hemisphere and the same for the south as you're getting closer to summer. Goodness, I'm jealous. But there are bits I'm looking forward to during these darker months and things I'm already enjoying wholeheartedly like my beautiful knitted hot water bottle and hot cups of herbal tea and getting cozy under the covers and doing some reading. So I feel like we are called to reorientate ourselves, to realign with our vision for our lives. How can we tune in and take note of what's emerging? As always, I want to finish the episode with someone else's empowering words. And this time it is a poem called Burn by Heidi Rose Robbins. When I first heard it, I was deepening my understanding of the elements and leaning into my own intuitive ideas about each one. This particular poem is a reference to fire, as the name suggests. It reached a part of me that had not been reached before. It, um, pardon me, it called forth courage to deepen my trust within myself and my path, to deepen my intuitive understanding of cosmic magic. And my hope for you is that it reaches a place within you that calls forth something that has maybe been lying dormant for a while. I hope it um, sprinkles a little courage dust on your path. I hope it lights a spark. Here goes. The contour of doubt, the shape of not enough, the crumple of imperfection, this ungainly awkward body of fear I lay now on the funeral pyre. Burn away the weight of perceived lack. Burn away the sadness of never enough. Burn away the need to be the first, the only, the brightest star. Burn away the critical eye. Burn to ash the one that withholds love, for fear there is a diminishing supply. Set me ablaze with the resplendent beauty of the world. Fire me with the wonder of the gifts others give to light my way. Ignite in me the fierce lover of all, the one who stops at nothing to see another thrive. Burn this body of doubt and fear and leave me the smallest ember of blazing truth. I will tend that flame, the flame of the purest, most radical love, the eternal flame, my human heart.
Till next time, dear wanderer, take care of yourself.